before your throne. Your righteousness shall be my crown. With these I need not hide me, and there in garments richly wrought, as our bride shall we be brought The text for the sermon this day is taken from two different readings. The first one is from Philippians 2, which is read, specifically these verses. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then the other verse, which is taken from Mark 15. And they compelled the passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry Jesus' cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. These are the texts. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things that I was working on this last week, and there's a reason why your gospel lesson is different, is because I've been wrestling with whether you read the Passion or if you just read the other account of the Palm Sunday. And see, one of the things that made it complicated was that in the old red TLH hymnal, they changed something. The old red hymnal, they dropped out the reading of the Passion for Palm Sunday. And so for for many churches, for 60-some-odd years, they had, had, had not had it as a reading. It was in the 80s that it began to reemerge. And if you're wondering, the reason TLH dropped it out was they're trying to make room for confirmation services, which they found confirmation services on Palm Sunday took away from Palm Sunday. And that's why people started moving it away from Palm Sunday, to make it about the palms, not about confirmation. Confirmation is important, but Palm Sunday is very important. So, but anyways, the thing is, So I was trying to figure out, so I ended up wondering why, looking at why did the early church, the medieval church, have the Passion reading on Palm Sunday? And the answer is revealed in that reading from Philippians. You have two key words in there. He humbled himself, and God has highly exalted him. So if you go back to your days of confirmation, you might remember hearing about how Jesus had a state of humiliation and a state of exaltation. This is the verse that that comes from. The word humbled is not exactly the best of translations. Because when we hear humble, 
We think, oh, a hum- he's a humble person, and that's usually a good thing. One of the good ways, one way to be respected, and sometimes as a politician, is to be humble. Not always, but in theory it should be. But the word here in the Greek actually is better translated as humiliate or abased. So it would be more literally saying he humiliated himself or he abased himself. Which in other words, this is not an uplifting moment, but a necessary moment. See, the day of Palm Sunday, because it is the begin- marks the start of Holy Week, creates a contrast of the two states of Jesus. It creates the comparison of the humiliated Jesus and the exalted Jesus. And the thing is, is what you see in the Palm Sunday reading that we began with is that very often the crowds and the people want to stay with the exalted Jesus. They don't want the humiliated one. I mean, think about this. And understand when I say this, I'm not saying this hymn is bad, as this is just more of an analysis of the way we think. This is not the hymns, but about us. If... If you were to give people a choice of favorite hymns, what is more likely to come up? How Great Thou Art? Or O Sacred Head Now Wounded? Now neither hymn is, neither, it's not a case of one's a good hymn and one's a bad, but we like How Great Thou Art because we want the glorious Jesus. We want the glorious God. And to show how, the, how much this is true, I cannot count the number of times I've gone to churches who have sung How Great Thou Art and skipped the second verse that explicitly talks about Jesus' crucifixion. So when we're singing it, we don't even want to mention when the hymn writer himself wanted to talk about the cross, we don't. Or many don't. We want to be in the glorious moment. We, like the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, want to stay there. We love the bright and glowing Jesus. There's a book that I read several years ago. The name of the book was called Imaginary Jesus. It's kind of a, it's a book that's kind of a self, it's, makes, it's very reflective, but it's also kind of comedic at times. So it's kind of an enjoyable book if you want to read a good, enjoyable book that you can learn from. It's a good choice. But in the book, it's all about this guy and his, all the imaginary versions of Jesus that he has running in his head. And it shows these scenes where he's hanging out with this Jesus. And so there's like, you'll come across like bodybuilder Jesus, where he's like, looks like he's just on steroids and just really ripped. Then there's a... There's social action Jesus who, who has the biggest, boldest arms, but he has no mouth because he never, he never talks about anything. Or you have political action Jesus who can, has, a, has a huge mouth, can talk up a storm, but he has no arms because he helps nobody. And all these different ways that we craft Jesus into our heads, into our minds. We love to craft Jesus into the image that is desirable to us. 
the one that's popular. That's why the crowds were in the, there were many, many people worshiping and adoring Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on that donkey. They saw him riding in as a king, and he was, just not the king that they were wanting. But he rode in as a king. They had the palm branches waving, heralding him as a king. And they imagined that he was coming in and to tell Pilate and say, Your reign is over. We, the nation of Israel is going to rise up again. No more Rome. That's what they were hoping. But that's not what they got. And it's not what they needed. I believe the reason why we don't want to... F- that we like that God is partially because we actually think that we are good enough to be in the presence of a holy and righteous God. The irony of the hymn, How Great Thou Art, is if you do not have that second verse, How Great Thou Art is one of the scariest hymns in all the hymnal. Because we are poor, miserable sinners that have destroyed God's world. And who are we to stand before the one who created it? Without the intervention of the cross, you stand for judgment, for condemnation, for destruction. That, we don't want to acknowledge that. We don't want to admit that. We want to say, well, I'm not as bad as the person down the street. Have you seen their kids? Or have you seen what they do? Or I'm not as bad as those guys on TV. We always want to make it less. We like to lower the bar of God's standards as much as we can. The first year I did vacation Bible school, we did a little illustration where we had, a, I used a little broom that I detached and just used the bar and it's kind of, they're doing limbo. And the bar represented God's law. And see, what happens is that people think that they can lift the bar up this high, you know, that, you know, just raise the bar higher and you can get under it. But the reality is, God's law, the room for error is zero. Try playing limbo with the bar on the ground, you can't do it. That is where we stand before God. And then the other reason, and so, and the other reason we don't want to look at the crucified Jesus is if we do get the idea, is that it also forces us to realize that we nailed him there. That we are the crucifiers. There's a song by Ray Boltz. The name of the song is called The Hammer. And it's this story of this man who's there on the day that Jesus died. And he's, he's yelling at people and telling them, how dare you kill this man who's innocent? Look at all the good things he's done for people. He's healed people. And you've crucified him. And then he saw the crowd laughing at him. And he said, I don't understand. And then he turned and saw the hammer in his hand. Because the reality is, is that we are the ones that pounded the nails into Jesus' hand with our sins, with our transgressions. But the thing is, it had to happen. 
Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to shed his blood for you and for me. Because without, because by it, you, the doorway to paradise is opened wide. In the waters of baptism, you are crucified with Jesus. In the waters of baptism, you are raised with Jesus. The only way that we could come before the God who is how great thou art is by going through the cross. When you go through the cross, you stand before the God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, not as a slave, not as a criminal, not as a sinner. You stand as Jesus is, as you stand before them as Christ. When he looks at you, he only sees his son. So he doesn't destine you for wrath. He destines you for eternity. He destines you for a world without hunger, without thirst, without pain, without suffering, without death. That is why we, need, we focus on the cross. There's a, Garrison Keillor made a joke once that uh, Lutherans are all, it's Good Friday every day for Lutherans, every Sunday. And you know what? That's kind of true. And it should be. Because as Paul said, I decided to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. There are many churches will go weeks and weeks and weeks without even once mentioning that Jesus died for your sins. For the early church, that would have been unacceptable. For the apostles, that was unacceptable. Luther actually said that even every Sunday is not enough. Luther said that you need to hear the gospel proclaimed to you every single day because you forget the gospel every day. We all fall into sin every day. So every chance we get to hear that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, that died for you, we need to hear it because it gives life. It allows us to stand against this world that is dying. And it keeps us knowing that no matter how bad this world got, gets, remember that we know someone who got, suffered and died and got better. And we know that those who believe in that same person, when we suffer and die, somebody could cut your head off. And guess what? We know one who could grow it back. Even yesterday, Wally Osterman was laid to rest. He was cremated. The crazy thing is, remember, even with ashes, God will make a glorious body. In fact, we were made from dust in the first place. That's why we focus on the cross. That's why we meditate on it. That's why this coming Friday, come to Good Friday services. Don't just go to Easter. I know Good Friday is probably the most emotional service of the entire year. But come to it. Do not neglect it for in favor of Easter. Go to both. 
Without Good Friday, Easter is meaningless. With Good Friday and Easter combined, it is everything. Remember, always hear in your words, and wake up every morning, remember, Christ is crucified for you. To him be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.